0: Newman what is up hello everybody welcome to the third and final edition of sports memory bracketology uh where we're gonna cover the sweet 16 games elite eight game or maybe not so elite eight games uh and and preview the final four um as always i got uh i got Newman himself here what's going on man what up uh, I'm, I'm curious to get one game in particular. Uh, don't want to jump the shark and get into it right away, but, uh, I'm sure you have some thoughts on Florida state, uh, Michigan, and, uh, you might even have a word or two about the, uh, officiating in that game.
1: I I don't know why you would say that.
0: No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Uh, overall, before we get into the individual games, what did you think about this weekend as a whole?
1: Um honestly kind of they were kind of duds for the most part a lot of blowouts um there was a couple of pretty good games for sure um, and those good games were gripping but um the rest of the, the rest of the the, the slate w- was not very interesting yeah it, I did it, watch majority of it but just was not good
0: yeah the games definitely lived on the spectrum they were either amazing or duds and the duds were blowouts right away. Like we'll cover some of them, but I mean, there were multiple 15, 20-plus point games in the first half. Um, so it was, I mean, it was easy to check out. I, I know definitely a few games on Saturday and Sunday. You know, when it was a seventeen point lead in the first half, I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something else. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so. I mean, most of these games you could have been doing kind of something else during them. Um, the, almost the whole time. How was uh, the weather down in Tampa? Oh, it was beautiful this weekend. Yeah, really
0: yeah. Nice. No, same here. It was the it was the nicest day? It was the it was the warmest it's been all year? Um, it was in the mid seventies. It was like seventy three and not a cloud in the sky. So um, I had many, many, many porch beers.
1: Yeah, so. we're closer to the upper upper seventies, um, low eighties. But uh, you know, it was it was not a very rainy weekend this weekend. March t- this time of year tends to not be very rainy. Uh, yeah. The only bad part about that is the pollen is ridiculous. Oh, dude,
0: it was bad here like two weeks ago. It was not to make light of it, but it was you know playing everyone's worst game of is this COVID or is this allergies. Yeah. So, um, so all right, let's uh, let's get into a game that uh, was kind of pretty ugly, but something that we both well, I I know I called, I, and I you'll have to remind me if you thought the same way. But Oregon State Loyola, I, I said on the bracket bracketology that I thought Porter Moser would be looking for a job um, heading into this week, not coaching for a Final Four. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game?
1: Um, you know, the game wasn't that that big of a blowout. When it finished to seven points for Oregon State, it didn't seem like Oregon State wasn't in control of the game almost the whole time, though. Yeah, like that—that that was the thing that I really thought of. Um, you know, Krautwig got. I don't know that he got outplayed by Diaz, but Diaz did weigh it enough to neutralize him. Is really, I think, the big the big thing that happened in terms of that. And they like to run their offense through through him, and so by doing that, you know, it, it really it really allowed Oregon State's guards to take over the game.
0: Ding, ding, ding! I thought Kurt Work actually did really well from you know for him having to play a seven footer, um, and. Uh, yeah, having to play Silva, uh, oh, and Silva I said, Diaz. yeah, yeah. Sorry. But, oh, I mean, Alistair um, you know, was, was banging against him the entire, I mean, they just kept throwing dudes, uh, and Della, he had to play quite a bit. So, I mean, they were rotating bigs at him over and over and over again. And I actually think he did pretty well. I mean, he wound up with a double double, um, but pretty much Loyola's guards could just never get going. Williams couldn't buy a shot. Uh, Norris, the little white guard. Um, just got absolutely outclassed, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I think Um, Oregon State's guards and pretty much every they were just bigger, right? And because they were bigger, it it made it difficult for Loyola to do really anything that they wanted to. Um, You know, a little different than some of the games that we've seen them play earlier. Uh, where maybe they caught some people off guard. Oregon State had a you know five days to prepare for them. So.
0: Exactly, exactly. So uh, I mean, again, what a season for Oregon State. Um, great run. you you love to see it. And again, um, they kept calling. So what about this take? You know, they kept saying this on on PTI, around the horn, College Game Day, that Loyola and you know Porter Moser should stay at Loyola because they can do something like Gonzaga. What did you think about that take cuz I thought it was absurd. I feel like you get the Wichita States, you know, you get the Houston.
1: You get these teams that can do it for a couple of years, but you can't duplicate Gonzaga. Well, so here's the thing. If we look at Gonzaga, they're on the West Coast, right? They're in the Northeast. There's no real basketball power up there that they have to compete with. Loyola Chicago is in chicago everyone <laughs> yeah. pulls from there yeah. right so like the whole big 10 the big 12 so has big some big east out of there the big east the acc like chicago is not a it's it's a fertile ground for basketball which is maybe why they're saying that but you can't be taking you know fourth fifth six pickings and continuously mi- and continually make that great right yeah but gonzaga if you look at gonzaga they have a long history of being a really good tournament team going back to like John Stockton days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pre, pre Mark few. So John Stockton was the first round draft pick out of Gonzaga. <clears> hmm. <throat> So it's not like that program doesn't have history and then you look at it and you're like okay well Mark Few has come in there and he's turned it into a different kind of animal. One thing that he's done is he's recruited internationally because oh, yeah. is on the West Coast, they can go get some players from Australia and China. And God, I'm going to I'm
0: going to butcher his name. The Jap- the Japanese forward that ended up becoming a lot of H-
1: yeah something like
0: something like that he was an absolute stud I mean he was like the first Japanese player to get drafted into in in the lottery Hachimura yeah yeah Rui was his first name you're right yeah Rui Hachimura um yeah
1: yeah, he's I mean he's playing in the NBA so like they're able to do some of that internationally and you know uh even if you think about it they had um what's his name Sabonis a few years back so like he's done a really good job of recruiting internationally. That's not something that Loyola Chicago is going to, be no. able to do because it's a little private, you know, uh, Jesuit school. Yeah. It, 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 it's not as appealing um, to somebody as we're supposed to, I mean, Gonzaga, I'm not even sure what Gonzaga is in terms of like, um, it's We're a Jesuit school like, as well. It's a Jesuit yeah. school as well. Yeah. But, but, but it's bigger and it's on the West coast. Um, and they do have, you know, that history where they can point to it and say, Hey, uh, I was, uh, was, it was, it was clickbaity as hell. It was clickbaity. All time leader in steals and assists in NBA history. You know, he, he was the first on traffic out of our school. So before yeah. our head coach was over here. So. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. Yeah, I'm glad you dismissed it right away because I thought it was just a ridiculous take. Um, Let's let's move to the next game, um, which is two blue blue bloods. And this one also played out exactly how you and I said it would. Um, Baylor just, they didn't exactly blow them out, but Villanova never really looked like they stood a chance. Um, Just the length and athleticism of Baylor just came in waves. Again, if Connor Gillespie is there and they can – influence their style of play,
1: I think that could have made a difference. But without him, I mean, they were dead in the water. Gillespie's also a really good shooter. So, like, the extra, mm-hmm. you know, outside shooting can give you a little bit more of a boost in that respect. Um, yeah, they I shot 3 of Noah 17 Noah, from 3. 3 I of thought, 17. I thought Dillon hmm. Noah played really well in that game, um, and it just still just wasn't enough. Baylor's that good. And I've I've said – You know, Baylor is one of the best teams in the country. Obviously, Uh, we had them there. There was a class of Baylor uh, Gonzaga, Baylor and everyone else. Um, And this is one of those games where it just really shows that
0: silly me. I thought Illinois would be in that group. Silly me banking on the Big Ten who didn't even get a single team into the uh, into the final four. Silly me for believing my own conference.
1: Um, into, into the lead. Oh, they did one, one into the elite eight. Yeah. We'll get to that. Correct.
0: Correct. Correct. So,
1: um, let's get to what I thought was, uh, I think
0: between this game and Bama, um, uh, shit, UCLA, UCLA uh, Oral between Roberts, Arkansas. I mean, what a phenomenal game. I didn't think Oral Roberts stood a chance. Um, I, this was, this was, uh, I said on my gambling pod take Oral Roberts to cover and Arkansas to win. So I technically got it right. I thought they'd cover by like seven to 10 points. I didn't think they'd come this close.
1: No, I mean, Oral Roberts has, has a really good guard in Abmus um, or acemus. Um, and then, you know, O'Banner uh, is just a, kind of a freak in terms of well, what he is and athletically and how he, how he can shoot the ball at, at that size and stuff. Um, and, as I've talked about, Arkansas is just not that good. They're a little bit of an overrated team. Um, we we both. I had them losing to Texas Tech. They won. You know that game went to overtime. Yeah. Um, easily could have been a loss at that point. So, um, and then you know it, it's, it's it's a game of you know one basket here or there, one play here or there, and that's essentially what that Oral Roberts game comes down to. Uh, they get a really good last shot. Um, and, really
0: you know, good look. Yeah.
1: He had time to square. He
0: kind of he he kind of did it falling away and quick released it when he had time to set. But I mean, who am I to freaking? You know, i have i never been in that spot.
1: Right. So. It's also it. You know, you're, you're going off internal clock at that point, right? He doesn't have time to actually look at what the. No, I mean, it, yeah. Is. He 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 took so, three dribbles. He's just yeah, going three dribbles. I've got a good look. I'm at a, the three. This can win the game for us. Um, there's nobody covering me and, yep. and he pulls the trigger and it, ju- and it really was pretty close. Like it, yeah. just, it almost went. So just a little bit too much because he didn't really set his feet a little bit. Exactly. Um, yeah. We'll have some of that, but, uh, I mean, what, what, do you know what year he is?
0: Uh, I can, I can, give me two seconds. I'm on the, I'm on the play by play. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to see, um, Abmes is a sophomore. So um,
1: that's a guy who probably plays um, at least one more year, maybe next year. You know, if uh, is, is Obanner a senior?
0: Uh, Obanner is a junior, so they can so, run it back.
1: Yeah, so they can run it back next year. They can, they could, you know, they can have a almost like a Davidson style run from when uh, Seth Curry was there. Yep, for sure. Yeah, uh, Florida Gulf, Gulf, Gulf Coast. Curry, I'm sorry. Florida Gulf Coast did it two years in a row too. Um, yeah, so so that's a team that you you, you look for you know they, they can make another run um, they're a pretty good team uh, maybe we'll see if their coach gets poached or something like that but um, yeah but yeah that's 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 team man next
0: again I said my wife's been on with Arkansas she was really nervous when oral Roberts had that 12 point lead um like really nervous I, I we all I, we thought oral Roberts was gonna do it um would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, talk I mean,
1: a- if you were if you were looking to live bet that like Arkansas yeah. was was favored uh, mm-hmm. at one point right they were plus money at the half yep even even down that many points and I was like well shit I mean I could take Oral Roberts with a twelve point lead and yeah. just to cover and or even lose by a point and uh and and the odds were pretty were were plus yes so, um that I mean. It didn't quite work out that way. Vegas is just ridiculous that way, but of course. it had to be tempting. It had to be tempting for a lot of people out there.
0: Talk about what wasn't tempting and what I think was maybe the worst game of the weekend: Houston Syracuse. I mean, I love college basketball. I stopped. Like, I I was like, ah, I think I'm gonna go play play beer pong with my buddies. I'm gonna play a game of cards. I like legitimately stopped watching this game. I was also I was, pretty was, lit at that point.
1: But I was a little, I was a little more tuned into um, the. Uh, the UFC fight at that point in time. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch watching. any of the UFC fight, unfortunately. Mi- Miocic and, and Francis Ngannou uh, and, and some of the other fights that were on just before it. So the game got so out of hand I was at a bar. Yeah. So, you know, I had that on one TV and I just kept looking up and I was like, wow. Like
0: 8 of 29 is what Dolje, Sherrard, and uh, Boheim, or Boheim was. I mean, those are the three guys, the only reason they were where they were. And I mean, hot teams get cold. And we always knew. I mean, as soon as the as soon as the light went out for Syracuse, they didn't stand a chance. Now we should give Houston some credit. Their defense is real. Um, yeah, they they have a very good systemic defense.
1: But they also picked Syracuse's zone apart. Um, yep. And like we said, we said I didn't that see that
0: coming. I, I you did it. You you said well, you said yeah. Samson has a great uh, zone offense. I, I didn't believe it as much, but yeah, it was a heck of a game plan.
1: And they also had five days per, to prepare for it. He's seen yep. the zone enough. He knows how to play against it um, from all of his years of coaching at a high level. Um, so it wasn't something that was going to be a coaching conundrum for them. It does affect a lot of teams, but that's a team because of their size and length um, and, and you know, an extra few days of practice, you can really work that and, and figure out how, how to beat that zone. It, it would have been better for Syracuse if they had caught Houston on the second, you know, on the mm. second day of a, of a, of a, tur- a turnaround there.
0: Yeah. Um, let's move into the next day. Um, man, my blue Jays put up a, a little bit of a fight. I mean, they made that a couple possession game a few times against Gonzaga, but I mean, again, it played out exactly how, I mean, Gonzaga just way too much offense, um, for Creighton. They couldn't get stops. Just could not
1: get stops. Yeah. The, the run that Gonzaga is on is ridiculous. What is it like? Um, They've beaten all but one opponent so far this year by like 20 points or something.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, like, it's 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 crazy. I mean, they're, they're definitely going to go. Well, depending how this next weekend goes, they could go down as one of the best teams of all time.
1: Um, I don't think that they would ever be the best team of all time, just based on, you know, some of the the actual stuff that we've got in, in terms of history. Like if you look at some of those old UCLA teams back in, you know, Lou Cinder and, and, uh, and Bill Walton and stuff like that. Um, I don't think that they're, they're better than those teams, but um, you know, they're definitely, I mean, if you can pull it off, that that's one of the greatest runs we've seen in, you know, the history of, of college basketball.
0: For sure. All right. It's time. Let's get into Florida state, Michigan. Um. Again, I hate to say I told you so. Um. I I said on when on bracketology, I said in the mornings, Florida State. If they're gonna lose, they're gonna beat themselves. I don't think Michigan beat them. Michigan played an all right game. You know, they they played an all right game. I mean, uh, they they didn't shoot very well. Um, but they they rebounded. They doubled up the assists, and they had half the turnovers. So I mean, Michigan just played within themselves. And Florida State kind of did what we've seen pop up a
1: few times. Um, So here's my thoughts on on the way this game played out. Yes, as you mentioned, Florida State is capable of beating any team in the country, in my opinion. They're also capable of losing to any team in the country for exactly this reason. Um, That's not entirely true. There's obviously some, you know, but anybody in this tournament was capable of beating Florida State. If Florida State has a game where they play that poorly. And they did play poorly. Um <clears throat> that isn't probably the only reason that they lost this game, but it definitely Are you, you know,
0: are I'm you surprised, surprised Michigan out offensive rebound, you guys?
1: I mean, you yeah, guys so have
0: this size advantage. I mean, what the hell happened there?
1: Yeah, that, that was a little surprising. I think that comes down to that's where so, and I've mentioned this uh, you know, in some of our conversations and stuff, the officials did not do Florida State any favors in this game. Now you were like, oh, you know, they're just playing poorly. Do they really impact the game? The way that they impact the game is when you get to early ticky tack fouls that are, and and you're not calling fouls both ways. Like, I don't think Mich- Michigan's bigs had like one foul in the game. There, there's no way um, that that's that that's actually what happened. They just chose not to call those fouls, or they didn't see them. Um, which whatever, it's still bad officiating, however you look at it. So that impacts the game in in a way where. If Florida State is the only one who's who's getting called for fouls and it puts some of their better players off the court, even though they are deep, it still affects how the game, the rest of the game can get played. But yes, Michigan absolutely they made a point of getting the getting the boards and rebounding, and that really hurt Florida State. The biggest thing that hurt Florida State is that they don't have anybody that they can run offense through uh from a point guard perspective. Um, let's be real, Scotty Barnes as good as he is, and you know, lottery pick Scotty Barnes, he his experience of playing a uh, point guard is, you know, 15 games, something yeah. like that. So he, he's not, he doesn't have all of the, the tools that you need. And most of the time in the tournament, veteran guards are very important for teams. So if you look at a Florida state team, like last year, where they had Trent Forrest, who's a senior, who's like, you know, got his name in all of the record books all over Florida state basketball. If they had a guy like that in that game, it's probably a way different game. Yeah. Um, And that was one of the reasons that we felt that Florida State could make a deep run in the tournament and potentially win the national championship. If you look at even a lot of the national, uh, you know, talking heads and stuff, even were, had them picked. So that's the real difference in this game is that Florida State basically had Scotty Barnes and then Raquan Evans, who's not really going to give you much on offense. And realistically, they just did not play well. They <laughs> turned the ball over too early, which they do a lot. Um, and Michigan got out to a big lead. and then Florida State was playing from behind the rest of the time and they just couldn't, I think they got it that down to like five points or something at one point in the second half, but that was as close as they ever got. So So I, I
0: while you're the king of the will actually, and I, I don't normally like doing it. Um, if you actually look at the front court fouls, it was only 12 to 10. Um, so so it was pretty even. 12 Florida State fouls to 10 Michigan fouls. where where the discrepancy was, um was 10 to 2 in the backcourt. Uh Polite Walker and Scotty Barnes had 10 fouls. And only Brooks had one and Smith had one. Um, I mean, that's a huge, a huge foul discrepancy. Um, so you know, they did they did get Barnes with a few ticky tacks. I mean, he had two fouls that again, hand check is a rule. I hate it, yeah. but Barnes did get hit with two, you know. Him complaining certainly didn't help him, didn't do him any favors. He he kind of cried like a baby when the ticky-tack fouls came. But
1: no, no, but so 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 you you're talking about the total foul count. Look at the fouls in actual before the game was out of hand because they did call a bunch of fouls. I started seeing them that foul count really tick up on Michigan once they had a 20-point lead and the game was over and we had, you know, scrubs in the game. Yeah. Um so if you look at it from an actual, you know, during the when when it was you know not garbage time essentially um then then the foul discrepancy in the back in the front court actually looks a little bigger because they did start calling a few more fouls and part of that is because they probably were told hey uh somebody on the sidelines like hey you know this foul count's really really in favor of michigan like they they look at it don't tell me the officials don't look at that foul count when they go over to that to that uh that table because they absolutely do um And so they see that that foul count. And so they're like, okay, cool. We're going to, we're going to make this even out a little bit, even even though it didn't matter in that point in the game. Yeah. Was that MJ Walker's worst game of the year? Maybe, maybe he's had some duds though. I mean, as a senior dude,
0: you cannot go five of 14, you know, have more turnovers than assists. And (laughs) uh, I mean, that's just brutal. I mean, I mean he,
1: really, he really hasn't played well lately. Uh, I don't know what exactly it is. He, um, you know, he looked really good early in the season for out, throughout most of the stretch of the year. But the last probably third of the ACC season, maybe quarter of the ACC season, he really stopped playing well. He was turning the ball over at a really high rate. And that is, you know, he basically has continued to play like that throughout the course of the tournament. I don't know if something's wrong. Um, You know, he's... You know, he rolled his ankle in that game, which is not the first time that that happens. It seems to happen almost every game for him, um, and so that that plays an impact, I think. But he he he. At the end of the day, he did not play well uh, down the latter stretch of the season for Florida State.
0: So um, one one thing that we we made we again that I thought Florida would really give Florida State an issue or give Michigan an issue, and it ended up not being the case was the size of guards Florida state could throw at Brooks and Smith. And it didn't seem like polite Walker or Barnes's size really affected him. I mean, Mike Smith was just in a groove. So part of um, that's
1: the fouls. I think if you look at the way that they called the fouls on them, um, that took away some of their aggression, so they couldn't play as physical with Smith as they wanted to. And then offensively, they did they did not run good offense, right? Yeah. Like I said, they should have taken Scotty Barnes, should have taken Mike Smith down into the post and, you know, they Just should abused have abused you know, them. Yeah. Th- uh, but they did not. Um, and part of that is because they don't have uh, you know, a senior guard or somebody that really knows what they're doing at that end. Um and, and part of it's because Leonard Hamilton sometimes is, is a little bit oblivious on some of those things.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, stubbornness uh, kind of dooms a lot of coaches. Um, let's go in what I think is, is was the second-best game. Um, maybe the most entertaining, but I think it was the second-best game, was UCLA-Alabama. Um, I mean, just a seesaw battle that that was uh, just, an, you know, it was it was kind of back and forth, like who wants to win more, who wants to lose more, because neither team played great. Um, but it was a game of runs. I don't know. I I had a blast watching this game on uh, on Sunday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was definitely the best game of the day. Um, it may have been the only game worth watching, <laughs> if we're really talking about it. But. I think the biggest thing in this game that I saw was that Alabama could not hit their free throws for shit. So, 11 for 25. Yeah. That, and that, and, and UCLA, you know, they, I don't know if it's just that they're like, they counted on that to be the case or if just, you know, whatever they did, Alabama just continued
0: 44 to total fouls in this game. Yeah. Um, Alabama, and they said it all tournament, how they're, you know, one of the best three point shooting teams in the, in the land shot 25%. I mean, man, UCLA, isn't that good, but they've just,
1: they've kept finding a way, I guess.
0: Um, and then, and.
1: Well, well, I think the, the thing that you give UCLA credit for is that they, they never quit, right? So they never quit in any of these games. They, they continued to play as hard as possible. Uh, did they get lucky in some of them? Sure. Absolutely. You can't, most teams get lucky in a run like this, unless you're one of those dominant teams. Like, like Houston
0: but, having a double-digit seed in every game. They've yet yes. to play a single-digit seed,
1: yes. which is why that's, I think Baylor boat racism. That That's um, extremely lucky. Um, <clears throat> so let's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let, it, let's it, move
0: into the Pac-12 game um, with USC okay. Oregon. Um, again, just an... Talk about unlucky! I think Oregon played a really good game. USC might have put on one of the best games of the entire tournament, at least on a shooting display.
1: Yeah. So their coach Andy Enfield was at uh, before. He he uh, yes he played he was the head coach at Florida Gulf Coast when they made some runs. But before that, he was an assistant coach at Florida State. Um, he was known as a really good do- like a like he's essentially the shot doctor. So yeah. he he can coach up guys how to shoot. Um, it doesn't hurt that they, you know, that they have uh, Evan Mobley, who is, uh, you know, projected to go maybe two overall in this draft, um, in this NBA draft. Uh, down there is a big in there, and then his brother, you know, is a pretty good player in his own right. So um, that certainly helps. But yeah, as you pointed to, it just when you shoot like that, you're going to win most tournament games that you play in. It's very rare that you see a team shoot that shoot that well and lose the game.
0: Fifty-eight percent, fifty-nine percent, and eighty-three percent from the line. You're not losing. You know, tip that, you, right there, you just tip your cap and say, "Good game, man." I mean, that's like that's like when Mahomes or Rodgers throw for four hundred yards, and you're like, "You're not beating them that day." Like you're just you're just not beating them that day, um, no matter what you did. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move into my horrible joke of not so uh, elite eight because I thought most of these games were absolute crap um and uh it was a case of i had a second tv going on my wife keeps saying when are we getting rid of the second tv and i keep going when the games start to get better um so (laughs) i still have my second tv sitting on our sideboard
1: um well well, like a bachelor you're not gonna need a second tv uh uh this coming this coming week so (laughs) yeah
0: I've, i've enjoyed being able to play video games and uh and watch basketball um, again, my wife hasn't liked that very much, but you know, it's March, yeah, or it was March, we'll see. Um, first, Oregon State, Houston, um, again, Houston's D just clamped down, and you know, they and and Jerome had you know, not a great game, but it was all Grimes and Sasser. Um, again, throwing guards and at waves at you, um, seems to be the recipe of success. I really like how. If if Houston's going to give Baylor a game, they're going to need um, they're going to need Sasser, Grimes, and Giro to, to kind of keep up what they've uh, been doing.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the thing about Houston that I that, that I mean, just talking about the next matchup, they 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 don't they don't they don't go very deep. Um, no. So yeah, they do really rely on these guys to to handle the. They ball basically ball. play seven guys. They have one backup guard and one backup big man. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So, so they played eight total in the game um, against Oregon State. Uh, one guy got a total of seven minutes. Another guy got twelve. So yeah, I mean, how much did they actually play? But it's really kind of like a six-man rotation, in all honesty. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those. They're they're pretty big all around. So the where Oregon State had the advantage over a team like Loyola. They they did not have the advantage against Houston. Nope. Um,
0: and they, and then, they shot the ball. Board, I mean, decently.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's why the game's still close. Uh, you know, only a six point game. I think uh, Vegas had it at eight, if they I'm not did. mistaken. So yeah, Oregon State, that, that, Oregon State hit
0: a three with three point three seconds left, and my Twitter exploded with all my degenerates. Um, yeah. yeah, it was good. Good teams play. Great teams cover. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, so you know, but they just they, where they really got killed is they got killed on on the boards. Um, oh yeah, so uh, forty one to twenty nine in terms of total rebounds. That's that's gonna sink you pretty good.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, next game, Baylor, Baylor, Arkansas, Baylor just flexed. Our Arkansas doesn't have guards again, like you said. They and I've said they have a bunch of good players. They have no great players.
1: And they just got outclassed.
0: I mean, this game was over in the first 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, Baylor, they're they're so – they have three guys, you know, three of their guards that they can really lean on for a lot of things. With Mitchell being the defensive stud, they also can play downhill, and they can shoot. So it's like they're – and they're, you know, they're all veterans, right? I think team yep. transferred in, um, Mitchell transferred in. Uh, so, and then, and then you have Butler, who's actually probably the best out of all of them. Um, but it's just, and then you've got, you know, Mark Vital or what is it? What is it? What is it? How's it, how's it pronounced vital? I don't yeah. Know, whatever. Yep. Um, he's so like, he's their key cog in terms of defensively because he is, he can kind of do everything and he never, you never have to run any plays for him. He, he, he's he's going to get what he needs to get. Uh, and he's gonna take care of every other element of the game for you. so that's a um, that's a tough matchup for a team like Arkansas who doesn't really have the size to at, the, at the, in the front court to to really play with them, and they don't have a way to stop any of their guards.
0: So. I mean they don't have a guy that can go get a basket. Um, I think that that really hurt them. Um, again, if if you look at their stat sheet, their starters go 8, 10, 14, 11, and thirteen. like again, what I've been saying, they have a deep team that that are full of good players. And unfortunately, you have to be great to make it to the Final Four. So um, maybe if they can go land an impact freshman or an impact transfer, um, most of that team should be coming back with Arkansas. I think they're one piece away um, if Muscleman ends up staying there. Um, USC just ran into Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga shot amazing. They they out-rebounded him by almost 15 rebounds. They didn't turn the ball over. Again, I think... USC was going to have to replicate how they played, and if they didn't, they didn't have a shot, and they didn't have a shot.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Buzz saw, Buzz saw. They're, yeah, they're 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 incredible right now. What Gonzaga is able to do, it's like it's not even fun to talk about because it's just like uh, you look up and it's like, oh, four minutes into the game, look, they're already up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, and then the the last game. How mad does it make you that Michigan played this poorly? Because what, what do you think the score of Florida State UCLA is?
1: What do, what was it? Or what, no, what do it? you
0: think it could have been? Like, say Florida State beats Michigan, how bad do they beat UCLA? Uh,
1: they probably it probably be like an eight point game. If, if Florida State wins, they probably win by like eight.
0: Yeah. Again, we're, we've talked about luck, and you said to get where you're at, you have to have a bit of luck. UCLA won an overtime against Michigan State, who honestly probably shouldn't even have been in the tournament. Um, BYU, who you mentioned in the first bracketology, has played absolutely nobody, so they were overseeded. Well,
1: they, they played Gonzaga, but they lost uh, all
0: three points. You know, Abilene Christian pulls a miracle out of the hat. Uh, Alabama literally tried to lose. Um, it was the worst game Alabama's played all year. And then they play Michigan, who's probably played the worst game of the year. Um, now, is that because of UCLA? Maybe. It's a factor. But that was the worst I've seen Michigan play. I mean, they, they shot they shot under 40% total, under 30% in free throw. And Michigan's a great free throw shooting team. They shot 55%. They um,
1: also called more fouls against Michigan in this game. so
0: They had to even it out, dude. You knew that. You knew it was going to come around. You knew it was gonna come around, <laughs> um,
1: Johnny. Johnny Zuzang had you know he he played great in this game. Um, but, you know, Tiger he, Campbell's been great. He, he can really score. Yeah, Tiger Campbell has looked really good. So so th- so there's some there's some guys that they can you know they can point to in, in terms of how they're winning it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ricky, yeah, uh, ja- Hawkes or whatever is his name. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's just like he looks like an incredibly. Uh, annoying guy to play against <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he, really he's crazy. like a modern day adam morrison like he kind of got the
0: hair going on he's got terrible facial hair he's got a punchable face he has eyebrows that look like caterpillars yeah no i mean he's he's somebody i would lay a screen on and dig my elbow right into the ribs
1: yeah but you know he's that kind of guy that's like he's he's always got his hand on your jersey yeah, like where where the officials aren't going to be able to see it. So they're never going to call the foul just so that you can't do that. Or he like steps on your foot so that you can't jump. Um, he does all of that annoying stuff. You know, it's true. Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. So, again, I mean, it ended up being a good game. Um, but just you know, unless you're a basketball fan, unless you know, unless you love the tournament,
1: um, that was putrid. It might have been the ugliest game of the entire tournament. Good game, well, yeah. but, but ugly. Sometimes when we say good game, we, we mean the game is close and the and the out uh, the outcome is in question, but it doesn't mean the actual play is is good. And I mean right. you see that a lot, I think, in college basketball, because let's be real, most of these people are, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. So they're not exactly the best of the best. They're probably good athletes, but not but you're gonna have plenty of mistakes and up and down games. More athletes
0: and games. basketball players. At least, at least in modern day basketball, <laughs> sure. um, the the athletes uh, thing for sure. All right, let's uh, got about ten more minutes here. Uh, let's let's go into a little bit of a final four, and then our predictions here. Um, Houston, Baylor. What does Houston have to do to to make this a game against Baylor?
1: Shoot, <laughs> yeah, to shoot really well. Um... <clears throat>
0: I think Grimes has to have the game of his life. I think, I think Grimes, again, he's the best player on Houston. I know Giroux gets all of, the, all of the credit, but I think with him being hampered and injured, I think Grimes, who was a five-star that went to Kansas, needs to show why he was a five-star that went to Kansas. Um, he needs yeah. to step up and play.
1: So, so, I mean, they need the game to be called a little bit tighter, um, hopefully against, against Baylor. Uh, if they can get Baylor into some early foul trouble, that could be beneficial to them. Um, <clears throat> because that would eliminate some of the extra depth that Baylor has on them. But, uh, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta press the ball. Um, I would do a lot more press if I was, uh, Houston, but the problem there is that they might tire you out. Um, so, and they and, don't uh, go
0: deep. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah,
1: that's yeah. such a risky play. So, I mean, I, you may just pick your spots in terms of where you're pressing and how you're pressing. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's difficult because of how good their guards are uh, to even press a team like that. But realistically, you gotta do, you gotta, you gotta. So if you're Houston, maybe you just play a lot of different styles um, defensively, try to mix up a lot of different things just to give them a lot of different looks and hope that that uh, causes some confusion and forces maybe a few extra turnovers out of Baylor. Um, And then you've got to shoot well and you've got to find a way to get the line consistently. If you can, you know, stay aggressive on offense and turn the, turn the game downhill. um, That'd be beneficial to you. Um, But it's, yeah, this is, this is not a a good matchup for Houston.
0: They should have lost the Rutgers. They caught Syracuse on an off night and Oregon state gave them everything they could. It's the easiest run to the, and again, probably hyperbolic because I don't I don't remember mm-hmm. every team's run to the Final Four, so definitely a hyperbolic statement. Um,
1: Houston doesn't belong there. Duke, I mean, Duke, Duke, Duke had a run one year where they where they did something similar. It was ridiculous. Um, I mean, I think so, this is I I can't believe the lines at five
0: points. Um, I've already put my bet in um, to good. to Baylor uh, to cover, uh, and I'll probably get uh, five fourteen tip. I might I might take Baylor by nine nine and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean that wouldn't surprise me, especially if if they if they get out to a lead, um, then you know they, they they'll be playing downhill, and that depth is too much for Houston, in my opinion.
0: Yep. All right. Yep. We're we're on the same page there. Um, excuse my lack of notes here. I you always do a ten times better outline than I do. Mine's always pretty terrible. But my only notes here for UCLA Gonzagas. Ha 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 ha. Zags. How much more do we got to talk about this game?
1: Uh, I mean, so let's not completely rule UCLA out. It is UCLA. They are they do have the most championships out of any team um, in the history of college. Title town. Come on, LA's yeah. title town. Uh, th- you know, but Lou is not walking through the door. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and neither is John Wooden as, as the coach. Mick Cronin is fine. Um, and, you know, they've been highlighting his dad, who's, a, you know, a historically historic high school basketball coach uh, over there in, like, um in the Midwest but uh ultimately UCLA the only chance that they have to win this game is if they can dictate the the style uh and dictate you know um slow the game down because Gonzaga is you know they have too many weapons that they can attack you with uh they you know and with Timmy and then the depth and and then you got Kispert you know out there shooting threes and you got uh you know Suggs who's you know, could, could go play quarterback in the, the division one level. Um, it, it's going, yeah, it, it's go, It's going to take a Herculean effort here out of UCLA. They need to shoot the daylights out of the ball. They need to, you know, get Gonzaga out of their game. And um, Jalen, probably not, not going to happen
0: <laughs> again. I will do this research for, for the show on Saturday. I got to imagine this is the biggest spread in final four history. 14 point
1: spread. Has to be the largest. I mean, Uh, but but Gonzaga has been beating everyone by 20.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I'll, I'll go and look what the George Mason one was. I may have to go look at what the Butler run was. Um, I I may go look at uh, some of the other double digit runs to see what the, what the spread was, but yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, Suggs, Suggs is just going to, again, Tiger Campbell has kind of been the cog in the wheel. He's really, you know, made that offense go. Jalen Suggs is going to make him his bitch. Like, Jalen Suggs is just going to abuse Tiger Campbell. It's going to be also, bad.
1: Gonzaga has Nebhard coming off the bench. As, Which is insane. You know, he was a man. stud at Florida. Yeah, this is a guy who who averaged like 18, 20 points a night at Florida. Um, yeah. So, that's going to be hard to stop, too. Because you can just insert him for easy offense if you're Gonzaga. You know, um, it... It's gonna be it's gonna be a very very uphill battle for UCLA to win this game. They have to slow it down um, in order to win.
0: They have to They're win have 51-49, to, just like they did yeah. against Michigan, and there yeah. ain't no way gonzaga scoring 40. They might score 49 at half. Um that yeah. so, <laughs> me. Uh, we, we play this Go game ahead. on the the sports memory pod. So um, who has the more punchable face? Jamie Jacques or Timmy? Like who if you had a chance to punch one of them in the face. Your choice. Which one is it?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm going Hawkeyes.
0: You're going Hawkes, dude. Like Timmy flexes. I don't know if the dude's ever seen a weight room. Like he has to flex half a dozen times <laughs> a game, and he. I mean, he's not quite as thin as like Frank Kaminsky, but like he's flexing. And I'm like, dude, what what are you flexing for? Like, yeah, you made an amazing play. Yes, Timmy, you're a really good dude. But like, hit the weight room before your pale ass
1: flexes on people. Loves to do the mustache thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: And did you see his mom has earrings with his with him on him? Like
0: I did, yeah. I, I missed that again. I haven't watched too many of the Gonzaga games because they've won by a million every time. Um, I'm normally checked out in the second half of the Gonzaga games. I watched the Creighton one because again, you know, I love my Blue Jays. Um, yeah. It's about the only Gonzaga so, game I watched so, all the way. So
1: let's say, so let's say that um, you know uh, Houston Gonzaga is the matchup. Uh, what do you Baylor ba-
0: ba- ba- Baylor Gonzaga.
1: No 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 let's uh oh. we'll do all four options here okay so let's say it's Houston Gonzaga uh, What 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 would be the play and what would you expect to happen?
0: Houston Gonzaga um again, you just said the the way to beat Gonzaga is to muck it up to throw it off um and Houston has that ability I mean they they probably, have the best team defense. I think Baylor probably has the best defensive players, but Houston does know how to rebound and they know how to play really <clears throat> good defense. Um, yeah. so, they, so they they could muck it up. I still think that's a double digit spread, and I'll say Houston covers, but Gonzaga wins.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, the way, where Gonzaga would win would be um, would be down low. I don't think that Houston's got the bigs to really uh, no match up with them. Um, no, and they would just
0: need Houston would need an unbelievable shooting performance from Sasser. Um, okay. Let's see.
1: But... Uh, let, let's see. What, what if? Let's say the miracle happens, and it's Houston versus UCLA. Uh, yep. the, the matchup that none of us want to see. Um, <laughs> what is UCLA's chance of winning? Again, I I... Like them, I I think that's a much better chance to win against Houston than it would be against Baylor and Zaga, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, UCLA, I mean, they've shown they can out, like they can, they can score. Um, so again, I think UCLA makes Houston play their style and get it, get up, get it up and down the court and get Tiger Campbell running around and get Jack shooting threes. And, um, you know, again, keep the game North of 75 points. I don't think Houston has the dogs to score that many points. So, um, it's it's just crazy. uh, UCLA one has won a game with 88 points. And UCLA has won a game with 51 points, so they've shown that they can do it both ways. Sure. Um,
1: How about uh, UCLA versus Baylor?
0: <clears throat> Again, the Baylor's guards would just crush
1: them. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that UCLA's depth would at the guard position would really impact them, um, and I don't think they have enough digs to really to, to really. <laughs> no, it's a horrendous. Like I mean,
0: it, it, Baylor UCLA might be a worse matchup than Gonzaga UCLA,
1: honestly. Yeah, um, and then so the matchup that we think is most likely, uh, Baylor Gonzaga. Uh, what? So let's let's say that this is probably the matchup that we're most likely to see anyway. What do you think uh, would What do you think would happen? Uh, yep. who,
0: who's your winner? Oh man, um, I would think Baylor has to play a near flawless game, um, which I don't. I don't think is impossible. Um, They have the guards to do it. They have the length to do it. I think you have to turn them over. I think Baylor has to get some easy transition points. Um, And I think they have to, you're going to laugh at this, earn their way to the free throw line. Not gift to their shelf to the free throw line, but earn. They're going to need some easy points, which they're very capable of doing. If they can get into the paint and if their guards can get, again, some of their bigs into foul trouble, I think Baylor stands a real chance uh, again because I'm a broken record. I love Baylor's guards in in the tournament. Guards win, and I may give Baylor a slight edge in guards. I think Gonzaga is the better team. I think I think they're the deeper team. They're the better team, but I would g- give Baylor's guards the experience and maybe the slight. I don't want to say talent; that's probably not right. But again, Baylor's guards are very very good. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that Baylor's guards could could really and, and their defense could really impact Gonzaga. I think that would be the best defense that Gonzaga's seen all year. Um, Davion Mitchell, if I mean, if he has a good enough game, co- you know, taking Suggs out, basically, Suggs is make, a freshman.
0: It will yeah. Suggs
1: ever look like a freshman? We'll find right. out
0: against Baylor's guards 100%. Yeah. So
1: if Davion Mitchell could take Suggs out of the game somehow, um, and then you know, uh, and force them to have to run the offense through the other guys, you know, whether it be, you know, Nebhardt, Kispert, you know, Timmy, whatever. Um, Vita- Vital, Vital, yeah. yeah, he, he could match up with, with Timmy down there and give him fits at least uh, so that it, it won't be easy for him. Uncomfortable.
0: Um, I mean, Timmy's going to yeah. get his points. You, you just have to make it uncomfortable and it has to be challenged. Timmy, right. Timmy hasn't really been challenged. Um, at the
1: other end of the floor, Baylor has to hit their threes.
0: Yep. Um, which they've they been hit or miss it. this tournament. They've been hit yeah. or miss. They've, they've, they've laid a few eggs on, as, mm-hmm. on a shooting performance. So it's possible. I, yeah, I, no, I there, there's not a lot of teams that I would say that with Gonzaga. I truly do believe Baylor's the second best team in the country. Um, and, and if anyone's going to be able to beat them, it's them.
1: You you did talk some shit on Baylor earlier this year though.
0: Call me out. I was You haven't called me out yet on that. Um Yeah, I just wanted every team with no loss to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, because Indiana has the only undefeated team of all time. So, I'm a little torn that's, that's because not true. Um, well the most recent, the most the most recent, the, most, the most the most recent one, 76 Hoosiers. Uh so I'm torn. If Gonzaga wins it all, I win your bracket and you know I'll never let you lo- uh uh I'll I'll remind that of you for for the rest of time. Uh but also I kind of don't want the Hoosiers to lose that. So I'm torn. Go Baylor. Go Baylor. My wife will win if Baylor wins. Yeah, so so so, so
1: that's the thing. I would much rather see your wife win than you. So Of course. Uh, and, I think everyone would say that. I actually kind of picked Baylor uh, throughout the course of the season. I thought that they had a good chance to win it. I, I liked to uh, pump them up oh, yeah. a little bit just because I Sanders, who was on this pod, we can reference credit. Sanders. Yep.
0: Sanders and I came at you and, you know, challenged your uh, Baylor. So yeah. you're looking, you guys you're looking kept pretty saying. Bad.
1: I think at one point in time you guys said Baylor was not good. Um,
0: I probably said I, that because, you know, when, you know, I say insane things.
1: They're, they're on the cusp of, uh, of playing for a national championship. So, you know, <laughs> to say that they're not good, obviously, in, in terms of the context of college basketball uh, this season, that is a falsity. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, losing to Kansas at Kansas is not exactly anything to sneeze at. Um, it's 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 not, it's, a, it's happens to a lot of all of the best of them. Um, realistically, it's a tough place to play with or without COVID being a situation. Um, and Kansas was coming off that game and, and you know, obviously target on Baylor's back. Um, and then, you know, Baylor had a couple other losses here and there. Um, you know, I think they lost, to uh, or, uh, Oklahoma state with Cape Cunningham, where he just shot the daylights out of the ball. Well, yeah, he's, he's know, the best go player in the one, country. He's going to go number one in the draft for a reason. Um, so yeah, who's, but who's your pick? Point, who's your pick? Who's your pick? I mean, if I'm saying who do I think is going to win the game? I think it's going to be Gonzaga. Um, yeah. Part of me is very okay with that. I kind of like rooting for history and I like watching something historic happen. So I'd be perfectly okay if they, uh, if they you know, run the table because it'd be kind of cool to say that I got to see a team actually do that because no one has done that in our lifetime. Um, but uh, I've been on the Baylor train all year. So that's the team that I want to win. Um, yep. And uh, so that's, uh and then also I would, uh, you know, I'd much rather pay... Uh, the money of the winnings to to Sasha than you of course of course no dude. we're again not great
0: podcasting but I completely agree I think Gonzaga does it but I want to see Baylor do it Um, my question to you last question and then 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 we'll wrap this up Uh, Gonzaga has played in the WCC for years they will probably never make that, but it, say, say they go on a run, say they win three championships in five years, which have been done by some of the powerhouses, two and four, three and five. Do you think the NCAA would be like, you're going to one, play
1: one won't happen, but sure. We'll yeah, just, we'll, we'll in a fancy world here for a minute. You,
0: you You don't think if they absolutely dominate for, you know, half a decade, they'll be like, you, you have to, you have to move up.
1: Um, where, where do you say you have to move to the pack 12? The, Pac-12. Pac-12. the problem who only has like fucking 10 teams compared to the big 10 who has like 16. The problem with that is that uh, Gonzaga can't really compete in any other sport, so that's that's a the biggest good issue. Point. Um, and obviously, yes, basketball is an important money, ge- re- uh, money revenue generator. Um, but it is not king. Uh, <laughs> <Obviously, laughs> we know what king is, it's football. And uh, Gonzaga, I don't, I don't even know if they have a football program, but um, it's certainly not um, good enough to play in the Pac-12. why well,
0: you're smart. I just think Gonzaga is building an absolute monster. I mean, they're, they're, they they're, they were. I mean, they just remind me so much of Alabama or Clemson football. Like they, they, their recruiting class next year is insane. I mean,
1: here's an interesting question for you, right? So, uh, and you said I mean, they did it
0: at before Mark Few. They're going to do it after Mark Few. <clears throat> like, who the hell slows down I mean, this machine?
1: That was what I was going to get at was if Mark Few eventually leaves or retires, where does that program continue to play at this level? Or they go take a step back a little bit and become, you know, more of the, oh, you know, they're going to make the tournament and make a sweet 16 run, but they're not really capable of winning a national championship run anymore. And there's some other teams like that. Um, For instance, the Duke blue devils have been on a run of coach K excellence, but before coach K, what was that program and then after coach k what will be that program i think yeah but they're already playing aspect. in the
0: acc is my point like like the acc can level them out like gonzaga's playing in the wcc like come yeah. on their their best sure. competition is saint
1: mary's and byu come right. on but i'm talking about on a national level they'll still be the they'll still be the class of that conference but at the national level they would probably take a step back i think post few so we'll see. We can, we we can only season. hope.
0: We can only hope because, yeah. you know, know got their, IU's got their new coach. So we'll be back, you know, we'll be back like five years from now.
1: So, yeah, quick so. thoughts on Mike Woodson.
0: I love it. They had to go out of the box. The trend is to go with the NBA coach. I mean, um, it's worked at Michigan. It didn't work at, you know, it's not it hasn't worked too well at Memphis. It didn't work well at St. John's. It isn't working at Vanderbilt with, uh, with Penny Hardaway. Chris Mullen, and Jerry Stackhouse, uh, respectively. So the track record is the NBA thing won't work. The reason I think it will work is um, he's building a phenomenal staff. Um, Right now, he uh, has brought on Thad Mata, who will basically be the CEO. Um, He is bringing Larry Brown... Um, in as a potential Wait, consultant.
1: Larry Brown? Eighty that year old Larry
0: airy, 80 year old Larry Brown as a consultant. He is poaching Michael Lewis from UCLA um to come back. And he is potentially sniping. I don't know this yet. Uh, Dane Fife from Michigan State. Um, that will mean his staff will be Kenya Hunter, who is one of the best recruiters in the country that they just got from UConn um they will have Michael Lewis who is again um one of the best offensive minds um in basketball and is currently on UCLA staff and then Dane Fife who uh is on Michigan State that would make Woodson, Fife and Lewis all former IU basketball players so they if anything they're bringing the band back together which isn't hasn't really been done anywhere so it's interesting it's a different take again I wanted Brad Stevens But if my choice is Mike Woodson or Porter Mosier, if my options are Mike Woodson or John Beeline, um, then, yeah, I'm glad it's Mike Woodson. If they couldn't get Chris Beard, they couldn't get uh, Brad Evans, and they couldn't get Nate Oates, those were kind of my three top choices. Since they couldn't get those, I'm happy with Mike Woodson. Sure. So, all right, man. Uh, If this is our last Bracketology, dude, I've had a blast. Um, you and I need to find a, find a a topic to podcast on. This has been an absolutely been a thrill, dude. So, we'll
1: we'll, we'll have uh, we'll have plenty of podcasts, uh, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure given the flakiness of some of our composites, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably we'll probably have some football pods ourselves.
0: Too. Dude, what are you on like your ninth podcast this week? I feel like uh, uh, you, you got to be exhausted.
1: This is three for the week so far, but <laughs> yeah. we'll see what we get up to. Maybe I'll just do one every day. There we go. Here we go. All right, dude. Will you take it easy? All right. Have a good one, guys. Good luck. Yep. See ya.